Cappuccino with Constable Brian. Real people, real stories. So my guest today for the Cappuccino, she's been on stage since she was four. Uh, her grandmother got her into a musical called Carousel, which I've got to be honest, I've never seen. But then again, I've never seen Grease either. Uh, she saw Charlotte Church at the age of 15 and thought, if what, you know what, if she can do it, I'm definitely going to give this a nudge. She went to Burnside High School and she was a few years behind another uh, songstress, uh, Hayley Westenberg. She sang national anthems for the French, the Irish and the All Blacks before their test matches. She's performed for royalty, both uh, Prince Charles and Prince Harry. Uh, she's now the Royal New Zealand Navy's band's official singer. She's performed with Solomeo. Her voice has been described as beautiful and pure, and I've got to be honest, I can't disagree with that. Uh, she's been signed by Sony Music in 2016, uh, and she's also the lady that Dame Vera Lynn said had a beautiful voice and was truly talented. I was very impressed with that letter. So my great pleasure to introduce able musician Rebecca Nelson to the show. Welcome, Rebecca. Kia ora. All right. So I don't know if you've heard the show or not, but this is the way it normally works. What we do is I love the movie Speed, best cop movie of all time. Mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves done. So pop quiz hot shots for you. Here we go. Six questions for you. First is, the best musical of all time is... Oh, man. Um, oh, no. Okay. Um... Oh, I want to say, I guess, for, for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, Les Miserables is okay. up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. That's all good, right? Mm-hmm. Your perfect four-piece band consisting of a drummer, mm-hmm. a guitarist, a vocals. I'm happy with you picking yourself for that as well. Oh, I don't And think so. a piano player from, from throughout musical history. Okay. So if you decide, you know what, I want Freddie Mercury as the piano player, that's a go. Oh, I'd have Freddie as the singer. Yep. If I could bring him back, oh, that would be amazing. You'd make, probably make lots of money as well, just quietly. Yeah, you know. I know. Yep. But then I'd also put um, Brian May on guitar. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. He's yep. incredible. Yep. Drummer. Mmm. I oh, see, because I'm just going in my head, all I think of is my friend. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You can and pick I'm him. like, I want my friend. Yeah, I would pick uh, my friend Jess, yep. who uh, was in the Navy band. Nice. She's yep. epic. Um, who else have we got? Piano. Oh, um, Elton John. Gold. There you go. Uh, the last music you brought. So the last CD or MP3 or iTunes album that you brought was. The last album that I physically bought. Shout out to the boys is um, Solomon's Christmas album. There you go. Good week. If you could sing a duet with anybody from musical history, mm-hmm. who would it be? Anybody. Oh, there's so many people that I want to sing with. Um, but I'm going to say Michael Bublé. That's my trigger point, but we'll carry on with it. Anyway, <laughs> my most hated style of music is, well, I shouldn't say hated because hate's a strong word. Yeah. So I'm going to say my most misunderstood style of music is, if I said to you, hey, Bex, I've got two concert tickets and went like this and you went, oh, my goodness, it's... Death metal. Yeah, basically, you've said it. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, no worries. <laughs> All right, so that's your pop quiz over. Uh, so thanks to your grand and carousel, you get into music. What is it about musicals that strikes a chord, chord with you? Because there's lots and lots of people, when they watch musicals, police officers included, I'm staggered at the number of cops that either go overseas or 
on the quiet will go, oh yeah, I saw that musical, it was mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Mm. What do you think is, it is about musicals that appeal? Well, for me, when I fell in love with the musicals, it was um, because of the greats. You know, my grandmother introduced me to Judy Garland and Julie Andrews and Shirley Jones, and I fell in love with them and their class and their their beautiful voices. Mm-hmm. You go into this world with musicals. You It's kind of like movies. You escape, yeah. right? And you go into this world of not people just talking. They randomly break out its song or yeah. they're singing throughout the entire, depending on what you know musical you're at. Yeah. Um, and you escape the world. And you're brought into someone else's life. Yeah, I guess. Mm. I'm definitely right there. So as a team, you had singing lessons in Christchurch mm-hmm. and competed in local talent competitions. Yeah. How successful were you at those talent competitions? So I'll give you an idea because people always judge, especially when you're a kid, you yeah. know, those talent competitions. I don't think Neil Finn ever won a talent competition. No, neither. Yeah. I um, I got at Northlands Mall, I think I got second once. Yeah. Um, down in Timaru, Caroline Bay, determined to win. So I went back until I won. So every year. It was $1,500. That's nice. a lot of money for a kid. So. Only, only 30 year old who was still turning up for the talent yeah, competition. Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. going to go until I won. So, yeah. Uh, so when you left school, what were your career aspirations? Did you want to be a professional musician or, you know, was that sort of a sideline dream or, you know, I'm going to be a paleontologist and if this music thing works out for me, then who knows? No, I always wanted to sing. I didn't really have a backup plan. Um, I was a PA, um, so I had the skills of like, being being in the office so I could work and earn money. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to be a singer. I didn't know how to. Um, so that's why when I had to, you know, decide, I just went, all right, I'll just go overseas and see what happens. Which brings me to my next ones. At the ripe old age of 19, you and your partner, now mm-hmm. husband, well done to the, you two, go to Dublin. Mm-hmm. Why Dublin? Um, a little bit of Irish history, yep. uh, but a hell of a lot easier than the UK. Exactly right. So uh, apparently the story goes, after three months as a PA in a kids' hospital, you lose your job to the 2008 global financial crisis. Mm-hmm. What was that like at the time? Because you hadn't been in Dublin that long, had No, you? Yeah. I remember we walked into the customs at the airport and they go, oh, why are you here? And I said, oh, we're over for our um, OE and to work in your country. And they just looked at us and said, you need to turn around and go home. This is the worst time to be in Ireland. And we thought, oh, what have we done? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't know Dublin beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I, it was bad, but I didn't didn't have anything else to like put it to. Yeah. Um, but when we were in the hospital and when we got the call, so it was every temp. So it was doctors who were temping, nurses, all the really important staff. We got a call and they literally said, it's put down your gear, walk out. We're closing the wards. And I think when I knew that it was affecting the children, that's when I was like, oh, it's bad. Yeah. Now, I actually read somewhere that you told the hospital not to worry about you and give the jobs to the people that it really mattered to. Is that right? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like dabbled in busking. I'd gone a couple of days and yeah. went, oh, you know, this is pretty good money. And then, um, yeah, I called up the temping agency and I said, look, you've got people on there that have families and children. Can you please give them jobs? Oh, don't call me. I'll call you if yeah. I need you. And like you said, you decided to go busking mm. to pay the bills. Did you busk as a child? A little bit. Yeah. Like when I was Christmas 15, yeah. I dabbled in it in, yeah. in Christchurch. But um, it's terrifying busking We and people know who you are, like your friends. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I hated it. Yeah. And you always get those, uh, uh, not that I've ever busked, but I've performed often enough in public and on street corners and everything else. Um, so that you always get your mates who want to try and make you laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So obviously your set list has changed a little bit these days. Yes. Um, but when you busked, what did 
Rebecca's typical set list look like? Oh, well, I was in Ireland, so, you know, got to use that. I yep. would start off with Ave Maria, because yep. that's a big number over yep. there. My mum's from Belfast, so oh, I'm yep. all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, big numbers as well, like uh, Hallelujah is a crowd favourite. Yeah. Um, Omi Bino Caro, all the big ones, yep. really. And then I'd put in Danny Boy. Nice. Because I got the red hair, people yep. assumed. Yeah. And then I'd swap from that to Pokari Kariana, yeah. and people would go, what? what? <laughs> yeah. That's not Gaelic. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, did you learn a lot of, on, on the streets busking? Because the top twins often say that there's no harder audience to play in front of than busking, and that's where they learnt their stagecraft on the street. And now when you see them perform live, um, you very often hear them say, well, it's really easy to perform to an audience that's seated down, or seated down, I should say, or in a theatre because you've got the skills. Was that the same for you? Oh, 100% agree. I learnt my craft. I worked with some of the best musicians, like the raw ones on the street. They yeah. can play. Yeah, yeah. Amazing people. Um, and, yeah, I learnt what people like to listen to because they'll tell you, yeah. which is nice. Especially in Dublin. They <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I, I got my confidence. It, it gave me my tough skin for the industry that you have to have. That's all good. Did you ever, and I've seen there's lots of uh, YouTube footage, did you ever have, Anybody famous come and join you? No, I was down the street when, um, oh, what's his name from you two? Um, Bono. Bono was just down the street. So we were playing and we lost everyone and we were like, where's all the people? And we looked down and we went, oh, it's Christmas time. Bono's out. Yeah, you're stuffed. Yep, pretty much. So in 2013, you returned back home to New Zealand and you're busking on the streets of Devonport. There's a common theme there, yeah? Uh, When the head of the Royal New Zealand Navy Band spots you, and says, hey, have you ever thought about becoming a reservist, right? The question that went through my mind mm. as a husband and as a dad as well as, what did your husband say when you came home and went, hey, I've just been spotted on the street by this guy in the Navy uniform who's asked me to come and join the Navy. Did say like, yeah, that's cool, Rebecca, no worries, good as gold? Or, yeah, yeah, well, Todd worked at Westpac, so he was just literally in the bank. Yeah. Uh, behind me when I was busking yeah. and um, so when I was approached it was originally they were very smart about it you know um, I got asked to go on tour first smart. so it wasn't yeah. asking to join the band yet it was go on tour as their guest singer yeah. see what the band's like see how I work with them and then when I came back they said look you know we really would love to send you to Gallipoli Boom. Um, here's the contract yep. in the uniform join up and I went oh yeah alright yeah, yeah, no, now <laughs> Now, I know that there'll be some people there going, oh, that's right, yeah. So did you have to do basic reservist training as well? Back then, no. Yeah. So the band, um, during that time, we literally, you learn on the job. Yeah. You know, and, and it works yeah, because, yeah. Well, it did for us because, um, you know, you can't really fail. No. On the job. Well, yeah. you can. Well, you hide yeah. it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I was thrown into the deep end, but background of being a singer and a performer, I know the rules and regulations. Yeah. Very strict on myself. Yes. And I can march in time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So. Unlike the goon marches and makes this all good. Uh, <laughs> so you become the official singer for the Royal New Zealand Navy Band eventually. Yes. And then since then you've travelled the world singing at Gallipoli, the Somme, Passchendaele, at many, many, many like really moving commemorations. What's the one that stands out for you the most? I know that's a real tough question, but what's the one that really makes you go, ooh, spine chills? There's, there's two, two, for two separate reasons. The first time in Gallipoli. Yep. I think I'll never forget that moment um you know i was standing there looking out and you see all these generals crying yeah you know these these men showing emotion yeah um it's hard to not break down i think that was yeah that was pretty tough and 
um, really got me. And then also in Passchendaele, you know, my uh, great great uncle, he lies there. He fought in Passchendaele. Yeah. He died at the age of 27. Yeah. And where we were singing um, for our sunset ceremony is where he got killed. So to be there amongst that, that yeah. was pretty intense. Yeah. And you were lucky enough to go and visit his uh, gravesite as well. Yeah, so I that, did. Yeah, I've gone twice now to go see him. Yeah. If I'm ever over there, I go pay That's respects. Awesome. Uh, so when you get the opportunity to sing at events like these, mm. how do you, one, keep your nerves in check, mm. and two, not get lost on the occasion? Because I've got to yeah. be honest, if it was me, I'd be like one of the journals. I'd be like a bawling sock on the ground by the end of it probably. Um, and I know that you, every and any performer who tells you that they don't get nervous, I always call bullpucky on it, because everybody does. Um, so how do you keep it in check? Oh, I get very nervous. Yep. Uh, nerves are good though. Yeah, yeah. They so are. it's learning yep. to take them and use them. Yeah. Um, but the emotion side of things is, I guess for me is I have to put up a wall. Yeah. So I have to go. Um, I'm here to do a job, and that's the one thing. It's like I'm here to do a job, and I'm doing it for them, and I'm doing it for our country. Yeah. And literally by the end of the day, my friends are always prepared in the military for me. They will look at me and they go, yep, she's about to break. Yeah. And they'll come grab me cool. and we'll just cry. Yeah, that's a good thing. That so, is a good thing. It's healthy. Yeah. Where do you think your sense of occasion comes from? Because you're obviously a very proud New Zealander. Yeah. Uh, you are deeply connected in with the services now as well. Mm -hmm. um, where does it come from? Do you think it's uh, like your mum and your dad? Do you think it's uh, your grandparents? Do you think it was the way you brought up? Maybe with the way I brought up. I'm very fortunate with my family. They're amazing. My very, very supportive with yeah. me and what I do. Um, my dad always says, "Keep your powder dry and you know, keep going." And yeah. you know, but I don't. I honestly don't know. I think yeah. I'm just extremely proud of New Zealand, and uh, that didn't hit really until I was living over in Ireland. Yeah, and you become homesick. Yeah, and that's when you go. Actually, New Zealand's a really amazing yeah. place to live. As the immortal John Clark, or AKA Fred Dagg would say, we don't know how lucky we are. Mm -hmm. um, so you've sang the national anthem on many occasions mm -hmm. for many different sporting teams, mm. including at Twickenham in front of 82,000 people. Yeah, I bet you, the knees were tapping, were oh, they? Oh God, yeah. yeah. Which is more nerve wracking? Is it commemorations or is it sports games? I know that they're two completely different completely occasions. Completely different, yeah, I get, yeah. I would say probably, sports occasions only because of the sound yeah it's a, you, it's a, a delay. delay yeah so that can put you off and you've got these ears in and then if anything like you know commemorations you've got a band playing yeah. you're they're always going to play yeah. but at there you've got music is it going to play are they going to push a button at the right time yeah. um how loud is it going to be am i going to hear them you know yeah. all those things go through your mind do you always think about and there's been some i think uh lizzie had a really bad one recently, or was it a couple of years ago, where the, the mic didn't work or there yeah. was a delay or something else. Is that always in the back of your mind that you're thinking, oh, God, uh, don't let it happen to me now? Yeah, 100%. And yeah. at Twickenham, it yeah. happened. Yeah. So I was standing up there, and you hear the band start, the, and then they went in my ears, so yeah. I couldn't hear any music. And so at a point, you can see my hand come up, and I went to go grab the inner ear out so yeah. I could just listen to the band and just try and block out 82,000 people. Yeah. Um, but then it clicked in on the first note of God Defend New Zealand. <laughs> Thank goodness she says. Yeah. Now, I saw a picture of you and Lizzie at a concert where she was singing New Z uh, for the All Blacks, or us, New Zealand. Yes. And you were singing the English yes. anthem. And a beautiful red coat as well, by the way. Thank you. So all the comments, everybody's yeah. like, oh, a lovely red coat. Yeah, it was good. Is that a little bit weird, singing another country's anthem 
when you're in New Zealand or not? No, I look at it like a huge honour and privilege yeah. to sing someone else's anthem. You're yeah. trusted to sing that song for that nation yeah. as well to your best ability. And so I think whenever I get asked, I get the call up and they say, hey, Bex, are you available to sing this one? And I go, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like, crack on. Um, do you draw straws weeks before to see who's going to get what or do you just get the phone call and they say, Bex, you're singing for France? Yeah, you get the phone call. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So your first album uh, charted very, very well, uh, and it came about because of lots of the commemorations that you've done and the requests that you've mm-hmm. done as well. Mm-hmm. Did people click straight away that it was the Navy Girl? Because I saw that even you refer to yourself as the Navy Girl. Yeah. Um, or did they were like, oh, who is this girl? Is yeah. she like the new Hayley Wesson or something? Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, she's the Navy Girl. Yeah, yeah. sometimes people will go, why do we know that face? Yeah. And then I just say, picture a uniform. Yeah. Put, a, put a hat on me and then they go, oh. oh yeah, yeah. yeah, perhaps you just need to wear your hat everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, so it's going to look funny when you're swimming, but hey, look, yeah. um, You've said the best part of your role is, uh, is singing for New Zealand, meeting vets and being able to meet them and say thank you. Yes. Does that still ring true for you today? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, and like you and I discussed before we got started, some of those veteran stories, you hear them and you think to yourself, Oh my God, at the age of 19, I was thinking about leaving home. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, and there they are on a beach defending something. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. that's pretty impressive. Now, classical crossover is your genre of music. And for those of you that don't know what that is, uh, it is, well, it's not what Rebecca does, obviously, but it's also Osolomil, uh, El Devo, mm-hmm. all those types of people. Mm-hmm. Right? If you could have a crack... Yeah. Without anybody knowing that it was Rebecca Nelson, mm. so you could fall well and truly firmly on your rear end, mm. and it wouldn't affect anything. Mm. What would you want to have a crack at? Oh, singing wise. Yeah. No one knew it was me. Yeah. I'd love to try and do rap. I think that'd be great. There you go. I All think right. rapping is very impressive. Or New Zealand Navy, you've been warned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine that. So in 2013, however, you meet a lady called Poppy Pawsey, uh, while she's on exchange with the Royal New Zealand Band. Do you want to tell us about her courageous journey? Because it's like lots and lots of other vet stories, but it obviously struck a real chord yeah. with you. You want to tell us about Poppy? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Pops, she um she came over. She did long looks, so she was with us for three months, yeah. and that's when I first was integrating with the band and working with them. So yeah. before I was a navy, and um got to know her really really well. Amazing saxophonist and vocalist, and she went back to England. Um, we kept in contact because she's good friends. And then it wasn't until I was over there and we caught up and we'd known that she'd got medically discharged from the Royal Marines, but we didn't really understand like yeah, why, why yeah. and what was going on. Which, I've got to be honest, is normally the way in the services, somebody yeah. just leaves and everybody yeah. goes, what happened to them? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, well that's it. And when she sat me down and just said, you know, well, I was medically discharged, walked in, uniform like basically gone and walked out and that was it. Um, you know, 12 years of service. Uh, no one looked after her. She spiralled into a depression, as you would, because she did, she lost her identity. Mm-hmm. She didn't know what to do. Um, over in the UK, that is quite good when you put your papers in. You've got a year to leave. Yep. You have to take the year. They put you on courses, but being medically discharged, it's out straight yeah, away. Yep. So, yeah, she spiralled into a depression, and her family, thank God, found her um, and called up help. Yep. And over there, it was just, it's very well done where when you call up, you get a caseworker yep. who knows every single charity. So you're not competing. No. It's yep. the best thing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, they said, right, we're going to send you to this place called Tedworth House. You need to go there straight away. Yep. 
and Poppy basically said, look, they saved my life. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here and you need to go see them. Yep. So I was like, all right, what's going on here? And because um, the way she described it, I just thought, bloody hell. Yeah. And I went and had a look at it. And you have since seen Ted Worth House. You've seen how Help for Heroes works. Yeah. Um, I'm involved, well, I'm not actively involved, but I try and support the uh, Scotty charity, which mm -hmm. supports the kids mm -hmm. who have lost their um, dads. And, and out of that, there's a little bit of a birth here, isn't there? There is. Yeah, you, is it, was, was it your idea, the charity? Yeah. Maximum respect there. Thank you. So you create a charity, don't you? Yeah, so basically I'm over in the UK, yeah. about to record an album with the Band of the Welsh Guards, and over there the money's going full profit to help for heroes. Yeah. Obviously I, they saved my friend's life, they're getting the money. And then I was like, well, who in New Zealand should I go to? Yeah. Who? And then I was talking to people and they go, Bex, just start your own. If you love what they do, why don't you just bring it here? Uh -huh. And I went, all right, number eight, why? Good old New Zealand. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure thing. Came yeah. home, filled out some paperwork. Yeah, it's easy. I've a lot it. of paperwork. Yeah, yeah. A lot of paperwork. Um, put together a trust, which we are proudly called Te Kiwi Maya, which yep. means the courageous Kiwi. Mm -hmm. And we are going to look after our New Zealand Defence Force, but also our first responders. Mm -hmm. um, we've had meetings with everyone, um, the police commissioner. Yes, he, I heard he roped in my... Old buddies from County's Medicare. Yes, behind, he did. Yep. Um, fire emergency, St. John, rescue helicopter, coast guards. Um, who else is on there? Oh, God, so many, obviously. Um, NZDF. Yep. Um, basically sat down with everyone and said, look, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to achieve. Uh, we deserve to have a homestead here too, two of them, if we yeah. can, North Island, South Island, yeah, yeah. where our personnel can go to heal and for their families as well. Yeah. Not wrong, not wrong. Uh so you're actively involved in that, and I also found out that you're actively involved in your local RSA as well. Oh, and yeah. Appearing on Tuesday, she was with Sandra as well. Yes. Well, oh, yep. What made you take that step? Because, I mean, look, let's be honest, you're touring the world as a reservist. Um, you're doing your own stuff as well with the mm -hmm. recording and everything. Mm. It's a lot of time yeah. to do everything else. So, mm -hmm. yeah, what made you take the step and go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go down to the Raza as well. Let's yeah, I, um, I'm a poppy ambassador. Yes, I know. Yeah. So, I, I, if I, you know, I get to meet all the veterans and go around and talk to them and stuff. And I wasn't actually aligned with any RSA. Yeah. Um, so, Devonport approached me and said, oh, would you like to join our RSA? And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Never been, didn't yeah. know there was one. Yeah. Most, you know, common thing. So, mm -hmm. I went in, had a look. Um, started spending every Monday with them and then um, they sat me down and said look you know we would love for you to come on to the committee cool. so I'm on the committee and I'm on the Poppy Trust committee for Devonport excellent and um, yeah we've just reshaped it and refurbed it and so with that I'm life. now going to volunteer to come and sell poppies with you next actual right, you're on actual yeah, we, yeah, we do that that'd be cool um, now you like you said you're a Poppy Day ambassador yes um, was that a really proud moment for you because you've got People up there, uh, Wally Apiata, VC, uh -huh. um, you've got um, some other military personnel. Um, my good buddy Mike King is there as mm -hmm. well. Uh, maximum respect to Brother King. Um, was that a really proud moment for you to be one oh, of those? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. These people that are up there are these names. When I got the list and I saw mine, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, they're, what they've done for us, all of them, it's just amazing. Yep. So to be aligned with them is yeah, a huge well honour. Yeah, good work. So, and then as only you seem to be able to do, I know, as I was like researching this podcast, I'm like, 
my God, I'm going to have... I have to get Rebecca to buy me a lotto ticket sometime. <laughs> and I know that you work hard behind the scenes, so I'm not saying uh, it's all luck, because it isn't. You work very, very hard. Um, you are part of the Royal Edinburgh Tattoo down in Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for those of you who don't know, not everybody plays a bagpipe at the tattoo. They should, but they don't. Um, you form a bond with the Welsh Guards while yep. you're down there, right? Mm-hmm. So you join them for a concert in the Guards Chapel in London in 2018. And then they become a new part of your integral album, Reverence. How did you achieve that? Because it's not like, um, for instance, saying, hey, Brian May, can you come and play uh, just like the main rift on our song? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Welsh Guards, it's not like a small unit. No. Yeah. No, there was a lot of protocol that we had to go through, Yeah. obviously. Um, yeah, no, so I was over there talking to them, telling them what I was wanting to do with this album. Um, they'd never made a full vocal album yep. either, so in military bands over in the UK. And so I said, look, I'm going to organise the project, would you be on it? And they said, yeah, well, we have to get sign-off from UK yep. Ministry of Defence. Um, so we wrote the letters, filled out the paperwork, sent it on, and they turned around and said, yeah, absolutely, we would love our brand to be part of this. It's a good cause, it's for our people. And just like that, I got the Welsh Guards. Um, so we recorded them over in London at their barracks, yep. which was epic. Yep. They were amazing amazing musicians and lovely people yeah and there's an amazing story behind the photo shoot as well because when you open up the cover of reverence not only will you see a welsh guard with probably the best set of legs i've ever seen oh i'll let him know for that. a welsh guard uh, yeah and your legs in the like the black yeah, traditional yeah, yeah. combat boots yeah, yeah. well done um there's a story behind that photo shoot there as well isn't it because it's not like uh, hey, look, I'll just grab an iPhone and do it. You got a little bit lucky with the photographer. Yeah, everyone on the album. So everyone has military ties yeah. um, or first responder ties. And uh, so, yeah, I was emailing people and I messaged Poppy. And I said, I need a photographer. Do you know of anyone over in the UK? And she goes, yeah, Theo. So Theo is the Invictus Games photographer, yeah. and um, which Pops had obviously done the Invictus Games twice. And yeah. um, I messaged him and said, look, this is what it's for. This is what we're doing. And he goes, yeah, I'm in. Count it. Yeah. Let's do it. Done. So it was epic. Yeah, and yeah. even though if you look at the photo and you look at the main cover of me and Alex, and I'm standing on a box because I'm so short. Oh, like, it's so funny. Yeah. Did you get Troy's beef eat on? Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Good. I got a great photo. Good work, yeah. And then you sing for a gentleman called Charles Windsor at Highgrove in the summer of 2018, who happens to be the Colonel of 1st Battalion Welsh Guards, who then goes on to give you a royal endorsement for your trust mm-hmm. and the album, which is in the front page of the album. What was that like? That must have been a stink moment when you got that. Were you just like, oh, that's awesome, thanks very much, or were you literally just screaming and jumping for joy? Yeah, I didn't realise. It was it was quite simple to get in the end, which I thought, you know, dealing with royals, it would be quite difficult, you know, yeah. getting sign-off for things. And when I was messaging his people just to let them know what I was doing, what his band was doing, because he should know what they were up to. You'd hope so. Yeah, yeah well, that's it. Yeah. And so um, and they came back going, oh, he's very interested in this project. Um, this sounds awesome. What do you want? And I said, I'd love an endorsement. Is there any way that he could endorse it? And they turned around and said, yeah, absolutely. And then I had it within a week. Boom, done. And I was Good like, whoa. Well done, you. Um, what does, because like we've said before here, you are incredibly busy. Like, fingers in lots of pies. Yeah. Um, doing lots of stuff for Defence Force personnel. What does a day off for you look like? What is a day off? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's always, we're highly motivated people always say that. It's like, what's a day off look like? Yeah. Day off. Do you know what? To be honest, my day off would be... Get up in the morning with my dog, yep. take him for a walk on the beach, yep. go get a coffee and enjoy a brunch, sit, come back home, and uh, for some reason I love cleaning. Probably clean. That would be my day off. 
So there we go. Right. Okay. So we've just heard there Rebecca loves cleaning. I wa- I'll give you all of her contact details at the That's end of the podcast. That's what everyone yeah. says. And she's round. Done. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Well, we've got oodles of police stations around the country. We'll love you. Um, they do anyway. New Zealand Defence Force, Ryman Healthcare, the Welsh Guards have all been amazing, as have you have as well. Yeah. And I know that you work tirelessly to thank the veterans. So from one, because I'm 23 years in, thank you. You have been touring a lot of rest homes as well recently mm-hmm. and meeting lots and lots of really cool vets and also just... Um, Older people who I think really are forgotten by mm. lots of people, especially today. Mm. What's the one song that you always get asked for by them? Oh, because um, I'm I guessing always... it's not like "Stairway to Heaven" or something. No, like that. no, no, no. no. Yeah. Well, it would be a Vera Lynn number. Yeah. So I always finish my shows um, with "We'll Meet Again." Yep. So I love that one. Or they'll be like, "Oh, you didn't sing White Cliffs of Dover yeah. this time." Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which reminds me, so on your album you actually sing almost like, oh, I guess you call it a medley, White Cliffs of Dover, We'll Meet Again, right? Mm-hmm. Made famous, obviously, by Dame Vera Lynn, who you were lucky enough to get a glowing letter from. How did that happen? Did you oh, write in and yeah, I did. send her a CD? I did. There's nothing wrong with that. That's no, just good this promotion. is one of the things, and this is what I always tell my singing students, that you have to, if, if there's something you want to do, you have to make it happen. You can't rely on others. Yeah. And I thought, I'd love to meet her one day, and she's 102 like yeah. she's still going strong and so I thought yeah I'd write her a letter and so I did and I thanked her basically because I get to meet all the veterans and I explained that they always bring her up and they are so grateful because she kept them alive and kept them going yep. so I wrote that to her and I said thank you and she came back and when I received that in the post I was like oh, oh yeah. and have you actually met her now or not? no no she doesn't see anyone anymore she's 102 yeah, right? she's right. tired yeah, yeah I can understand that yep. <laughs> yeah Hopefully the same will happen to you and me. Uh, so this week alone you've been in an RSA, you've sang at a national monument, mm-hmm. um, amazing picture as well. Suggest you go and check out Facebook and Instagram because it was a great picture. Uh, what's next in 2020 for Rebecca Nelson? Because I, when I was going through Rebecca Nelson music on Facebook, you're quite a keen planner. I see the book coming out almost every oh, year. Yeah. Going, Woo, I'm going to do this and do this. And so without opening Aladdin's cave to us and yeah. telling what's up. What's going to happen in 2020 for Rebecca? Um, Apart from Poppy Day Collection with Constable Brian. Yes. Yep. Uh, we will be releasing the album in the UK cool. in June for the Armed Forces Day. Yep. So we'll be doing big stuff over there in June. Um, but the rest of the year, we are going to be out getting a lot of money for Takumi Maya. Yep. Um, we want a place up and running basically next year. Awesome. We need it now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're on the go and we're on the hunt. So we need to get the troops involved and yep. get everyone out there spreading the word and helping. Not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you just mentioned the fact that you're going to release the album in the UK in June. Mm-hmm. The first copy didn't go to your mum, did it? No. But who did you give it to? Prince Charles. Yeah, yeah, right. What did he say when he, you gave it to him? Did you, was he like, hmm, what was this all about? No, he was, uh, we were having a little bit of chat, and he was quite jet-lagged, poor bugger, and um, when I pulled out the album, I said, look, Sarah, I've actually got a present for you, and I pulled it out, and he, his, his eyes lit up, yeah. and he goes, is this it? Is this the finished product? And yeah. I went, oh, he does know. <laughs> yeah. And I said, it is, sir. And he was so stoked to see a Welsh guard on yeah. the front. Nice. Yeah, he good was good. really happy. Very, very good. When did your mum get a copy? Yeah, not till like <laughs> a Happy while. Christmas, mum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a week later and everyone else has arrived before hers. Ragged. That is awful. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, mum. Yeah, yeah, bad luck, mum. Okay, all right. So 
If we're going to follow Rebecca Nelson on social media, the best place to go to is go to her website, mm-hmm. which is Rebecca Nelson, all one word, .co.nz. Uh, for Takiwi Maya, it's just Facebook at the moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to spell it out for you who aren't that good at your Tadeo. T-E-K-I-W-I-M-A-I-A. Go and have a look on Facebook and give them a hand any way you can. We always end the podcast uh, on a eulogy question, mm-hmm. right? So the day of reckoning has come for Abel music, musician Nelson, mm-hmm. and she's lying there in her casket. But magically, you can actually hear what other people are saying about you. Yeah. What would what do you want to hear? What would you like to be able to hear people saying about Rebecca Nelson? That I was kind. Yeah. You can't argue with that. So, and then. Somebody DM'd and said, you've got to ask her this. What song will she have played oh, at her service? Oh, there's and many. It it's be, a concert. <laughs> yeah, will it be one of her own? No, no. No. Do you know what? I've, I always have these conversations with my friends of going, you know, like, what song? Like, you take the piss, you know, yeah. out of it all. And I said, oh, gee, I would love, there's a few, but one would be Bob Marley's Three Little Birds. Yeah. Like, don't worry about the thing. Yeah. Everything, little thing's yeah, going to yeah, be all yeah, right. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, some people think it's a morbid thing, but I don't. I've got my three songs planned. I'm all good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So there we go. That is our podcast uh, with Rebecca Nelson in just under 35 minutes. Rebecca, thank you very much for all that you're doing for veterans, uh, first responders around the country, and also just getting out and about and actually making sure that um, the Defence Force staff and also first responders are actually... Looked after a little bit more than what they are when they actually leave the job because mm-hmm. eventually they, like you and I have both said, they all go on to become those veterans at rest homes mm-hmm. and they have the most amazing stories. And I think sometimes, um, it'd be fair to say you're not 22 anymore and neither am I, 22-year-olds forget that one day they're going to be an old man or an old lady yeah. and they'll have some fabulous, as we call them in the police, war stories to mm-hmm. tell people. Mm. But yeah, in actual fact, there might not be anybody there to listen. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Cappuccino with Constable Brian. Real people, real stories. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss his next podcast.